I'm petrified of where my next paycheck's coming from. Uh, I mean, really, I, that's really what it boils down to. Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day, despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut-up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shaw. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, and we are back. We are back for another awesome edition of The Shut Up Show. I'm your host, Bernie Shung. It's uh, super, super humid here, so bear with me. I hope my air conditioning kicks in today here in Minnesota where I hail, but uh, I'm so excited. Um, it's going to get a little hot in here with the conversation I have with our guests today. <laughs> Not like that, guys. Not like that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I know. Darn it, right? But anyway, I'm going to give a very long and warm welcome to the following guest uh, before we have him talk because this is so important for him to know, and he's never heard this before, so I'm telling you guys all live here on the show. Okay, you guys know how I roll. I'm very off the cuff. <laughs> anyway, so Cece, I found out about you, Cece Chapman. CC fucking Chapman <laughs> on Chris Brogan's uh, web show at the time called Kitchen Table Talks. And I believe this was back in like 2011. And you said a lot of really, really smart things. And I think when you were on, it was more tactical advice, which was, was awesome because I was a, a budding entrepreneur at the time, very new to content creation. So I didn't really understand like the how to's. And so you were, you were really strategic in, in helping me there, but I really liked you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this guy's awesome. And I went and stalked you, cyber stalked you and found out that you're doing some really amazing stuff. I mean, best-selling author, you're just, you know, you have your stuff together. And then all of a sudden I see your name pop up again in the Misfit community, which I've been following AJ's community for, gosh, well over three years now. And then all of a sudden CC's in there. He's doing some photography, you know, he's engaging in conversations, you know, he's collaborating with AJ and Melissa. And then all of a sudden I show up in Fargo and you're there again. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap, I've been following this guy for years. I felt like an idiot if I was going to come up and say, hi, I know you from like three years ago, you know? So I waited for the opportune time to finally come up and tell you, hey, it's really nice to meet you finally in person. I really respect you and your work. But <laughs> I just got done eating a bag of like peanuts or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I started choking as I started talking. And by the way, guys, I'm at Fargo. It's Misfit Conference. There's like 150 people. The room is loud because we're socializing. Music in the back, 150 people talking. I go up to Cece, try to whisper in his ear, and I start coughing and choking <laughs> in his ear. And Cece, that's how we met formally in person. So all I have to, say, is, never, what do you have and to say about that. I'll never be able to forget you either because it, it was funny because I wanted to talk to you after having seen you around and stuff and then you walk up and, and you choke all over me and we didn't die and we never, you know, but it was definitely, uh, it was an interesting first impression. Well, I'm glad I la left a lasting impression, whether it was positive or negative, but <laughs> but I mean, in all seriousness though, um, I think this is probably going to surface in our conversation today as well, but it's this whole 
am I good enough to talk to this guy at this level, right? Am I, and I told you this when I first met you too, just you know, really briefly. I'm like, you're CC Chapman. Like, I can't believe you said the things you did on stage. Thank you. I wasn't expecting that, right? And then it, it goes back to the whole, well, I don't know if I can just go up and say hi to CC. You know, he doesn't know me from Adam, so I will wait for the opportune time to talk to him. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of inner chatter going on that, that isn't very positive in a situation like that, but how many times do we all do this no matter how far we come in life, right, CC? So anyway, that is your very long and warm welcome. I'd really love for you to set the foundation for those who don't know you, which I think that's impossible, but if they don't, please tell us more about the work that you are doing today, and then from there we'll, we'll sure. go back in time if we need to. Yeah, so... Uh, my name is CC Chapman. I live here in uh, the woods outside of Boston. It's super humid today here too, so I've got the ceiling fan on. Turned the AC off because I know that gets in the way of uh, our recordings. Um, I do I do a lot of things. I write. I speak. I create. Um, when I'm, people ask me what I focus on these days, what I usually tell them is I'm trying to always build community and make the world a better place every day. You know, I love doing cause-based creative work. I've got a background in agency world. Did lots of award-winning marketing campaigns. I co-wrote the book Content Rules. I wrote the book Amazing Things Will Happen. I blog. I podcast. I, I, I'm a father of two great kids. I have the world's best wife. Um, two, uh, two dogs this week whom I interrupt. Um, and, I mean, that's me in a nutshell. I always hate talking about myself. And to your point, one of the things, I, have to, I just have to jump in here because I always laugh when people say, oh, you're the CC Chapman. <laughs> It's the humble New Englander in me. I mean, it's just, I giggle about that. But I do get it because I've been on the other side, too, where I'm like, oh, my God, you're so-and-so. And at the end of the day, I mean, if there's someone you're turned on by, you know, there's something that they, they, get, they spark your brain, there's something they do, nobody, I don't care who they are, unless they're a total douchebag of the utmost, which there, there's plenty of bad people out there, but anybody that's any sort of human is going to be, ego stroked enough to say, oh, oh man, it's nice to meet you. I mean, that's like when people, I've talked to people after events, they're like, I wanted to ask you to sign my book, but I was nervous. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the biggest rush in the world, that somebody wants my autograph for no, that makes no sense to me. So, you know, and I had those moments too at Misfit Con. Um, Victor, I don't know how to say his last name, is it Saad? Saad from yeah, yeah, the, yep, leap year. I went up to it, and I'm like, yep. dude, I've never heard of you before. Oh my God, I gotta shake your hand and talk to you, you know, because I was blown away what he had to say. So anytime anybody has that opinion of whether it's a rock star or an author or someone they're just really into, go up and say hello because I tell you, it's one of the worst feelings afterwards if you don't. And you never <laughs> know, you never know where it's gonna be. Just make sure your your mouth is clear before you say hello <laughs> to the show. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I think it worked out perfectly because you'll never forget Bernie, right? Never, From never. Wisconsin slash Minnesota. Like she choked in my ear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I love I love where this conversation is starting, and I'm and I'm so glad we're talking about that. I, I, this has been surfacing quite a bit in conversations I do with my coaching clients, CC. But I've been hearing a lot of well, why do I even write this blog post? Who's reading it anyway, right? I'm just starting yeah. out. Or this newsletter, yeah, I guess it's not as important because I don't have a big list yet. And it, it definitely goes back to the conversation where, where I talked about if you're not showing up to do this, right, and I don't think you've heard me say this before, but if you're not showing up to do this, five months, five years, 15 years down the road, you'll still be a nobody. I mean, if, if we want to go there, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. But we all were nobodies at one point in time, but many of us chose to keep going down that path as long as we had. And your overnight success, I'm sure, is probably 15, 18, 20 yeah. years <laughs> in the making, right? But to some people who've never heard of you before, they're like, oh, CC probably's only been at this for a, you know, a little while. And that's not true. And I think that is why people like me who've been at this, what, six going on seven years, you came before me because you started before I did. So when right. I look up to you, you know, it's, it's wow, he's CC. He's been here a while longer. He must be doing something, right? He must be somebody. And, you know, AJ is actually the one who taught me this lesson. When he came to Wisconsin and I did his book tour for him, all these people showed up. We packed the room. And I went up to AJ and he was autographing the book for one of my friends in the community. And AJ looked like really like, wow, like I have a lot of signatures to do. And I looked at AJ and I said, isn't this just so fascinating that people are here to get your book? And he stopped his writing and he stares at me. And you know AJ. Oh, yeah. He goes, he goes, Bernie, they're here for you. These are your people. They're here to support you. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, it was an enlightened moment because later on when I talked to those friends, they said, thank you for telling us about AJ, but by the way, I'm here because I love you and I, I love the work you do. Right. I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I, I feel like when people do that whole, oh my God, he's famous, he's a celebrity, I, I kind of think it's not fair because I feel like you're not giving credit to CeCe for working as hard as he has for 15, 20, however many years you've been at the CeCe. Yeah, what do you and, think that, about that? and that's true of most people because especially in today's internet culture where everybody can be a YouTube star overnight, you know, they assume that people have this overnight success. And some people do, don't get me wrong, that's happened since the beginning of time. But the majority of people who reach a, a certain level of success have worked their tails off. I mean, I've had a lifelong goal to write a book, and it wasn't like it just got handed to me. It was years of speaking and writing crap that no one read and, you know, pushing forward and meeting new people and that's one of the other things, too, that that I believe plays a big, big role is that you never know where the dots are going to connect. Like, I had no idea when I sat down however many years ago with Chris Brogan and did that, did that conversation that it would lead to us meeting and us having this conversation. You can't plan for that stuff. And anybody who's truly successful or even a little successful has a million stories like that, that where... You know, like like AJ and Melissa and I were talking about, we were trying to figure out like when we first crossed paths, and we have no idea. We, we wish we could find that intersection. Um, but you just, you've got to keep pushing, and we all start at the same exact spot. We have nothing, depending, you know, if we're trying to build an audience, we're trying to build a community, if we're trying to build a name for ourselves, we don't really have anything. I don't know, and I, yes, I know, you know, some people have a leg up based on their upbringing or their parents, and the, I, I, that, that stuff does play a role, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, my my belief is, you know, I come from a family where my dad's a forester. I mean, you work to get what you want. And you know what? And some days it's it's harder than others and we all we all get kicked down. We all doubt ourselves. We all anybody who tells you they don't is lying. And I, it was funny because I think that's one of the um I heard it from several people at MisfitCon. Like they were shocked when I did kind of lay out the honesty of, you know, I am scared. I don't know what I'm doing next. I don't know what's around the corner, and that scares the crap out of me. Because we don't talk about that stuff, especially in today's always happy, always positive. And I get it. Like, I try not to post a lot of negativity online, but at the same time, I try to be honest because 
that 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 guy or girl who who's always smiling, everything's perfect. That's those are the people that scare me because they're either <laughs> got stuff in their closet or they're just you know there's something not right because humans nothing goes right all the time. I love this conversation, and it couldn't have been more perfect because the the segue here is I have a follow up question for you, okay. but before I ask it, um, I have a really quick story again. I love stories, and I'm sure you do too. So. Back to Misfit Conference, you and I both know that nobody knew who the speakers were going right. to be, right? And so we were just shocked when, when somebody stood up on stage and had the conversation. And for me, I was excited to see all the different talent up there talking about different things. And one of and, and this is no disrespect to him, I want to preface this by saying that, no disrespect to this person I'm about to talk about, but when, when Jonathan Fields came up, I thought I was going to be blown away, it was going to be the best speech ever. And I wasn't. And, and it's no disrespect to Jonathan. I think his work is fantastic. I think I've just been consuming his work for so long that it's not anything new I've already heard before. But to the new person who's never heard of him or heard him talk, um, then it might be intriguing. It might be inspiring. You know, it might be shocking to them. So, again, no disrespect to him, but I was thinking to myself, gosh, if I'm not really that impressed with Jonathan Fields, this is, <laughs> this is going to suck because he's Jonathan fucking Fields. You know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. But, but it goes back to the point that you just said right there. You were, you were saying stuff like, um, I, I already forgot what you said, but when you went on stage, CC. Um, and again, I knew something about you, but I didn't. I've never heard you speak. But when you went on stage, it completely changed everything for me. You went on stage the second day, uh, I think two speakers before I went on, and I already was almost in tears by the time you got done talking. And I was not expecting to be as blown away. <laughs> no disrespect to you, but I was not not expecting to be blown away by your speech. Because Jonathan Fields was there, no offense, you know what I'm saying? But CC, somebody asked me who who was your favorite like speaker or who were your favorite speakers, and I said number one, CC Chapman. Number two, I'm serious. Number two, Tyson Adams. Number three, Eric Prue, because the stories resonated with me so much and they moved me to tears. And so I had to tell you this, and of course I'm telling you live in public here, because. I made a preconceived judgment about you, CC, and I was wrong. <laughs> you blew me away. And in fact, in hearing your story during the speech and in reading a little bit um, in your book, you and I have a lot more in common than I thought we did. I was born on December 14th. You were born on the 19th. Hey. We grew up in small town communities, and our parents were blue collar. I yeah. mean, holy shit, man. Who the hell do I think I was? But anyway, I had to share that with you. Well, thank oh, you. I, I don't know what to say, but thank you. <laughs> well, the follow-up question I have, I always want to know this, is I'm sure there's more than one you can recount, but what was the defining moment in your life, CC, where you saw that your life trajectory was changing and you made that bold decision to get past the fear and onto the other side to do the thing that you wanted to do? Yeah, um, the one that instantly comes to mind is I was working at Babson College, and I'd worked in IT for a long time, and that's what my degree was in. I'd been doing it since I got out of college, and while I love technology, and I will always love technology, I was kind of sick of using that side of my brain. Like, I knew I wasn't a programmer. I learned that early on, um, but I was doing things like building intranets and usability studies, and all that stuff got me going, but 
there was this opportunity where the webmaster was leaving uh, the school, and I, I marched myself down to the VP of marketing uh, for the school, and I said, listen, um, I want this job, but I want it to be the digital marketing manager because this is about more than the web. This would have been 2005, maybe, 2004, 2005 range. And I said, you know, the web is going to be much more, more, more important than just a website, and I want this job. And I had no right to do that, none at all. And, but I was like, you know what, what's the worst you can do? You could say no. And that kind of changed my whole trajectory because all of a sudden now I was working in marketing, something that I originally had planned on majoring in but was told it would be too hard to find a job so I should just stick to computers, which I love. So I was like, all right. Um, so I didn't get my marketing degree, but now I'm working in marketing. And it was funny because it opened my eyes because I remember vividly going to um, – suddenly I had a budget. I had a budget that I controlled. I could do whatever I wanted with. And so I sent myself to this marketing conference in Boston that was supposed to be like the, the creme de la creme. And I remember sitting in the room going, oh, my God, I know more than most of these people because it was still no, no, no slant against them, but it was – they were um, they were in the old way of thinking, and here I was in the new way of thinking. There was things they hadn't seen on the web that I was very familiar with, and that kind of totally changed everything because now all of a sudden I realized, whoa, I kind of know what I'm talking about. I'm kind of ahead of the curve on this, a little bit bleeding edge. Wow, what if I started teaching people this? You know, and I started a podcast about it, and then that you know that that was like the moment when things you know CC the marketing guy started happening because up until then it was you know I was doing marketing for our indie film group and stuff and theater group, but never for clients, and that's when it all started. And that was that was really the big the big big mo the you know that's the big one where everything changed. And you know, looking back, you know, it's funny because I look back, I'm like, wow. Who would have ever thought? Because I sure wouldn't have thought that moment would lead to today and what's going on in my world. That's crazy. I remember having a conversation with AJ when we had him on the show, and I remember asking him a similar question. And he said that when he was in college, or I'm sorry, high school, and he was about to go to college, how he decided what he wanted to be when he grew up was where's the biggest salary? Like, what kind of job holds the biggest salary? I'm going for that. And it's so funny because, you know, the AJ we know now is totally not that. So well, for you... Did, in did high you school, in high school, if you were to ask me what I was going to do or who my hero, I'd point to Gordon Gecko from Wall Street. I mean, that's who I was like, I want, I want money. I want money. I want power. I want, you know, and that, that literally was what was driving me. And I quickly realized, What? That's not what I want, you know. But so it's just—I mean, it's one of. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we all want more money because it helps with things. But yeah, no, it's the transition of priorities. It, yeah, it's amazing how that can evolve. Right, right. You know, you there are some things that I've seen in your writing, um, CC, that just kind of echoes through all the work that you do. Um, even just the way you present yourself in person, and that's what I really appreciate about you, CC. I think. It, it was it was pretty much my fault for making the judgment about you before I got to know you. But now that I look back in hindsight, I realize the CC in writing, the CC on paper, matches the CC who you showed up to be in person. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I, I think that's hard to find these days unless you're in the right community, like we were, by the way, you know, at MisfitCon where yeah. the majority of the people were like that. But I've seen you write about and talk about working hard and being kind and helping others. And, and even as I said that right there, I just got goosebumps because that is what fuels me to do the work I do every single day. Where did you get this, these values from, or if you want to call it that, and uh, um, how, do you, how do you help 
How does that help you carry through to do the work you do today, even on those days where you're feeling like, I don't want to do this shit, like today. Like, seriously, I don't want to be a nice person today and help people. How, how do you get through the day? Yeah, I mean, the values come, I mean, I, I've got to thank my parents. I mean, I had I had a really good upbringing. I mean, my parents, I mean, they're still married. They're they're loving. I love them to death. I mean, they, they instill, and what's, what still cracks me up as a parent now is they were very hands-off. As I look back, I'm like, they let me do all kinds of stuff, and but they, they instilled that into me, I mean, at a very early age. And, it, you know, it was something from day one. It was, you know, treat the people you want, the way you want to be treated, you know, the old golden rule. And... For me, it's just I don't know I don't know any other way to do it, and it's funny because, like, the, just yesterday I, I was doing something, and it wasn't in line with what I want to be doing. But it was it was it was easy money. It was easy. I had the talent to do it. It was easy. I mean, it was easy all around. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I was you know slaughtering puppies or anything <laughs> bad. But it didn't. It definitely didn't help my mission of making the world a better place. But. Um, and I just kind of, you know, and I did it and I pushed through it. But every day, it's just one of those things where, you know, when my kids come home from work, from school, and they ask me, what would you do today? And as if I can tell them what I'm doing and, like, proud of it, that makes it all worthwhile because I want to lead by example. I really want them to see. And it's funny because, you know, in our house, we've got my wife who works the more – it's weird to say traditional, but, you know, she works a traditional job. And that's awesome. And then, you know, that's right for her. And then me, I'm anything but traditional. And <laughs> I think it's kind of fun that my kids see the different options, that there is no one path. There's no one right way to do a career, especially in today's world. It's completely wide open out there. Um, but it is it is hard because, you know, sometimes I'm just like, you know what, I should just go take that that job where I wouldn't in, I wouldn't be helping, and you know, but it's funny when you say about kind of skipping back something you said about that I I am who I am online and in person. It used to crack me up because in the early days of social media, I used to get that a lot. They'd be like, "Oh my God, you're just like you are online," and I was like, "Well, yeah, who the hell else am I gonna be?" But I know what you mean because I've met people, especially in today's world, we know this. A lot of people write and create for the audience. It's not for themselves, and I've always kind of taken the other approach where if it's not right for me, then it ain't right for anybody else, and, you know, that's good and bad, but at the end of the day, I want to be happy with what I create and what I share because if I'm not happy, why the hell do it? Life's too yeah. short to spend time in front of the computer. That's why I was looking forward to this. I'm like, I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about, but I can't wait. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, can I ask you I... a quick question? Yes, please. What does Bernie stand for? Is it Or is it Ber Bernie can't be your given name? Oh, my gosh. I love that you asked me that question. Nobody asked me that ever. But well, what is, uh, Bernie, Bernie is short for Bernadette, okay. which I was named after my church in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's the, the church that sponsored my family in America, and the church was called St. Bernard's, and when I looked up Ber Bernard, or Bernadette, it means brave as a bear, and this is the funny thing. I'm writing my first book. It's being um, published on Kindle this week, and it's called The Year of the Brave Bear, <laughs> and I'm just like, holy crap, nobody ever asked me, where, like, where does brave bear come from, or what does Bernadette mean, yeah. or what does Bernie mean, and it's important to me because my name has chosen this path that I'm on, if you will. It sounds yeah. really like ethereal, but it's kind of interesting how 37 years later I realized, holy crap, now I realize why all these things had to happen to me. That's why, awesome. I sh why I showed up at Misfit Conference and cried in front of 150 people, you know, <laughs> instead of looking back and going, oh my God, you doofus. It was, holy crap, that moment was perfect. It needed 
to happen. You know, it was a cathartic release. I can't wait to read the book now. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. But it's very similar to your book. I just started reading your book, so, you know, forgive me for not knowing, you know, everything. But basically, I mean, the premise is very similar. You know, I love that you said work hard and be kind and help others because I, I say a lot of the same things in the year of the brave bear. But basically, the book is about the year 2013 when I finally decided to stand up and speak out about things that has been troubling me personally in my life. I always felt like I had to like, you know, create compartments in my life. Like nobody needs to know about the personal burning over here. I just need to be the online burning over yeah. there. You know, we talked about that, but it's disjointed. It's, but we all know that life is interrelated, all aspects of it. So the book is about the year that I finally came out, and I collaborated with Chris on thing, Chris Brogan on things, and um, AJ Leon on things, Amy Clover of Strong Inside Out on other things. I mean, like you know, Tyson Adams with Jai Coffee House, like all these people, where I was able to make a difference in the world. And like you said, I, I worked hard, I was kind, and I helped people. Yeah. And I actually loved it, and I actually <laughs> gained clients out of it because I gained more exposure and notoriety because I surrounded myself with freaking amazing people, CC. And That's the way to do it. Yeah. So, man, anyway, enough about Bernie, but thank you for the question because <laughs> I, I think it's always so important how we all are interrelated yeah. even as, as a community. But the next question for you is, is the magic question of the hour, man. This is going to be the hard one. So are you ready for this? <laughs> Yourself. Okay, I heard a little bit about it at uh, MisfitCon, and it may have changed since then, but right now as we sit here on this Google Hangout on air, what are you afraid of right now? I'm petrified of where my next paycheck's coming from. Uh, I mean, really, I, that's really what it boils down to, because it's one of those things where um, biz dev I suck at, and it's one of those, it's it, it's funny as a guy who's run his own agency business, you know I should be rocking at that but I suck at it I suck at selling myself I suck at saying yo I'm the best person for the job on that without sounding like a I always because I always think when you're selling it, it makes you sound like you're ah like tooting your own horn and I hate that and um so yeah I mean that that at the moment that's that's the scary thing and it's one of those things where I I feel. I feel horrible saying that because I do, like I look around, you know, I'm doing okay. We have a beautiful house. It's not, you know, we're not foreclosing on it. And I know there's people, thousands and thousands of people in this country who are all a bazillion times worse off than I am. But I also understand that, you know, if the way I, the way I justify it to myself is what I tell myself is, listen, if you can't take care of things at home, you're never going to be able to take care of other things and other people. And that's, um, that's how I justify it to myself, but that's what I'm worried about at the moment, to be honest. It's and it's and it's funny because I have projects I'm working on, they, but they seem to come kind of sporadically, and I've kind of gotten used to the fact that I can't plan three months out what you know what income is going to be coming. I should know that by now. It's been that way for several years now, um, but that's that keeps me awake and scared every single day, and I'm getting better not focusing on that, but I do focus on it and get freaked out about it all the time. Right. That's not reassuring for me. You're a few years ahead of me, so for me, I'm well, like, so it doesn't get better? <laughs> it doesn't get better, and it doesn't get easier. I mean, part of it, I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day, a guy, which, and I said, you know, part of this is so sexist, because it's like, I'm the guy! I've got to supply for the family. That's just like, it's in our DNA, you know, it's not, and, and, and I have no problem with my wife 
having a job, and that's none of that, and it sounds so sexist to say it, but I know that's in my DNA as a man that I need to be the provider for the family, and with, you know, and then I try not to think about the fact that the kids are going to college in a couple of years, and, you know, cars and all kinds of stuff, but, it, but, but I do t- keep telling myself that it is going to work out, and it, it always has worked out, but no, it doesn't get any easier, and I think that's part of the the truth of being an entrepreneur is that it's scary. Even these people that get $10 million in VC funding, you know, it's not like they're suddenly rolling in the bank. They've still got to work. And, you know, you don't know. Even if you have the best job in the world, you could be laid off tomorrow. You could, you know, lose your biggest client tomorrow. That That's the truth of the world we live in today. And I think while I understand it and while I accept it and I know that, it's still, some days it's scarier than others. And I think we, as humans, that happens to most of us. Right. And it should. I mean, Chris Brogan yeah. said one time that we can't be absent of fear because we need to use fear as a gauge. Yeah. You know, he said, for example, when you're afraid and, and you feel like somebody's going to come and attack you and hurt you, you know, you have to be prepared. You have to know how to strategize how you're going to work through that. And I think it's very similar to the fear that we feel as entrepreneurs, um, CC. So if you could help us kind of break this down into a mindset strategy, because I do like to be pretty pragmatic as well. Yeah. Can you help us with a strategy you use to break out of you know that whole inner chatter that says where are you going to get your next bill? You suck. Nobody's going to you know give you a gig. What kind of things are you doing to help you use the fear, if you want to call it that, to fuel you actually and to still succeed and, and move past that? Uh, well, I like to do the bait and switch tactic or the distraction method. So if I get really freaked out about something, I I go create something, whether it is writing a chapter in a book, whether it's creating a blog post or a podcast. Um, if you ever see a whirlwind of content out of me, that probably means I'm more scared than usual because I'm distracting myself. I'm doing other things. But it's a coping mechanism, but it's also a good one because I know, and you know this, that especially in our field where we're creating stuff for people, if you create, people notice that stuff. So it's it's a it's a... Double-edged sword of happiness? I don't know, the happy, that sounds, wow, that was bad. That was horrible. <laughs> it is a double-edged sword where I'm using it as a coping mechanism, but it's doing good as well. Um, and I also just try to tell myself, to remind myself, I mean, I, I you know, I, I had the fortune of a couple years ago uh, going to Ghana, and, 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 it, and it reminds me, I'm like, dude, they're smiling. I vividly remember this. Uh, she works for the U- for UNICEF, and she's a translator. And I remember asking her. She was a lo- she was a Ghanaian, and I said, "Man, no matter where I go, whether I am in a posh hotel or in the middle of the jungle in Ghana, everybody's smiling. What you know? That's amazing." And she goes, "Listen, it's the only thing that no one can take away." And I always remember that. I'm like, "Listen, you know," and I. And, if that's such a such such a thing is that you know what you can't take away my smile and then the other thing my dad always told me was there's always there's always somebody worse off than you and I've had that ha- and I, reality has a, my, the original name of my blog for years was reality bitch slap because you know <laughs> life but then the good the search engine started banning it and stuff because they thought it was a porn site it was bad well and real quick the original name for this show was supposed to be the shut the fuck up show. <laughs> A little naughty word. And people, you know, just, that's what I. That's how I tell myself. I'm like, you know what? You know, suck it up, deal. You know, a pity party never gets you anywhere. So I just that's that's what I do. No, that's great advice, and it's very similar to something Greg Hartle of Ten Dollars in the Laptop told us here on the show as well. He said, "Constraints make you creative." 
Yeah. And he talked about how when he did his whole project, it was his first trip out. He went from Seattle to Portland. He had $10 in his pocket, and he didn't know what to do. And he said having the $10 in his pocket freaked the crap out of him because it was the whole, oh, my God, oh, my gosh, you know, it's the only money I'm going to have for however long I can sustain it, right? And then he decided this is a crutch, and it's actually hindering my yeah. progress. So I'm going to get rid of it as quickly as possible so I can go make you know the next dollar. Yep. And so he bought a pair of socks with the $10, donated it to the homeless shelter, and then from that moment on, he that's started awesome. getting gigs. And so I, I, I kind of feel like that's probably very similar to the story you're telling about the content creation, right? Like, you go and get creative, not because you just you want to, but it's also almost like, I have to do this. Yeah. Right? And, it, and, it, and it's true. I mean, it's funny. I, I have a friend of mine who does um, the Buddhist podcast, and while I'm not a Buddhist, you know, I, I appreciate it a lot. And he was talking about, and, and I, I, can't, I can't do it justice, but he was talking to me about how, listen, if you are negative about it, it's never, ever going to get better. And, you know, that's not just a Buddhist thing, but I was like, you know, he was like, listen, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody's going to. And it was, he kind of gave me a little tough love via email, and I was like, hell yeah, you're right, because it's true. If, if you can't tell yourself, I'm going to be successful, I am going to do this, damn it, no one's ever going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. And there's nothing, we're our biggest critics, right? I mean, you know, our book sucks. Our photo's not good enough. Our speech is never good enough. But then it takes one person saying, wow, your speech made my day to go, all right, I am okay. I, you know, I may not be the best in the world, but I made this person's day, so it's good enough. So yeah. get, get out of your own heads. I mean, it, it's, it's a dark, scary place in there, but get, get out of it. Get out of your head. I love it, and and I love that you said that. And before we close up here, I I just can't reiterate enough how much meeting you and hearing your story touched me at MisfitCon, um, because like I said, it, it it was so refreshing to know that I had similar fears in that moment as well, like real time. We were both afraid about the same thing at the same yeah. time, and we're from two completely different parts of the yeah. world with two completely different like lifestyles and everything, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're bound by this misfit heart that we share, and I, and I thought that was so beautiful, and, and that's why I felt like, you know, maybe this was one of the blessings in disguise for me was to see you there and hear your story and meet you there and and understand that that even... I can be wrong at times in believing that those who have reached a certain level of success are done being afraid. I do the show, CC, and I've I've been doing it for you know more than 18 months now. Over 100 people I've talked to, and every single person has told me the same thing. And every week I still go, well, this next successful person I'm going to talk to has no fear. Like I still say that to myself for some crazy, strange reason. I don't understand why, but. But, you know, you guys keep proving me wrong, and I really appreciate that. That's the whole reason why the show even started was because we wanted people to be a fly on the wall and hear these conversations that people are afraid to talk about because yeah. they're only showing you the glamorous side of their online business. But then what what is going on inside their head on those days that are a little bit darker than others? And so having people like you to come on the show and say, hey, you know what, I've seen the great success, and I'm sure I'll be fine, but damn, I'm scared shitless right now, and here's how I'm going to work right. through it. That's the biggest thing is we're not venting and whining. We're, we're creating a solution, and we're actually taking action to yeah. do something about it. So so thank you for that. I appreciate no, that. You're welcome. I think your advice will, will be very insightful for our audience. I have a bonus question for you, and then we'll let you close up by telling right. us what you're working on, okay? Well, my bonus question for you is, you kind of said it a little bit in your speech at MisfitCon, but 
what was going on in your head when you were about to get up on stage and you were going to follow all these amazing speakers and you were going to give the speech and then you said last minute you changed your speech completely. I want to know what was going inside your head. Um, you're going to hate this answer, but I would... <laughs> I need to hear it. I, so... I come from a theater background, right? I mean, and I always talk about once you've done Shakespeare on stage with a with a donkey's head on and your Italian grandmother's laughing her ass off three rows back, you can do anything. So what I was thinking was, I can't wait to get up there because I love being on stage. Um, it was the day before that was harder because the day before I kept sitting there going, damn it, he said what I wanted to, she said, well, you know, um, it was driving me nuts. But literally the moment before, I was... I was so jazzed to get up there in front of this audience of people that I still didn't know half the people in the room. And, and the fact that I was getting to talk about something so raw and so motivational rather than, cause I do a lot of keynote speaking, talking about content marketing and business. And I can, I'm very good at that, but I've done that dog and pony show. I get more, I was really excited to be doing something totally new and something and in a safe environment where I knew this environment was safe where no matter what I said, it would be accepted. Um, and right before I went on stage, I was blown away because now, oh God, I'm blanking her name. Oh God, Rachel, maybe? She was playing guitar and she was singing My Funny Valentine, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. So I was just sitting there going, wow. I was totally like lusting after the song. I'm like, this is gorgeous. So that's what I was doing right beforehand. And I only had 10 minutes to prepare because Melissa literally at breakfast said, hey, are you okay going first today? So I didn't have any time to get worried or nervous. I literally had about 10 to 15 minutes of, you're going on stage, good luck. So that's how it rolled. <laughs> that's awesome. I did not expect that, but I'm so glad it was that simple. <laughs> I really am. No, but you could tell. You could tell you were very comfortable on stage, and I loved how you were so hilarious. I mean, you totally warmed up the audience. You were so funny. But then you were the one who got me so close to tears, too, because you were so vulnerable and authentic with your words, Cece. I'm just like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Well, I'm glad I didn't cry because I almost did, and that would have that made you cry. So. Well, thank you for admitting that because <laughs> I didn't think I was going to cry either. I wasn't even giving the speech. I mean, I was just interviewing Tyson, and I go up there, and I start crying in front of people. And on top of that, you're in the front row right in front of me with a phone doing this. I'm like, okay, you know what? That was such a good – it's funny, I'd never heard of Tyson or anything, but that was a great interview. I was like, who's this girl? Who's this guy? This is awesome. Yeah, but you're right. I completely agree with you. It was a safe environment, and I, I think you said it in your speech, but I don't know exactly how you said it, but it was pretty much you have to be who you are. You can't yeah, not be yeah. who you are, and it's hard, right? It's hard being a misfit. It's hard being who you are, but you just got to show up, and you've got to be that, and I think... I walked away with that the most because then it made me realize that it's okay that you cried. It's okay that things weren't perfect. It's okay that, you know, maybe you're not as far in life as you'd like to be. It's okay that some other people are more successful yeah. than you did better on the stage than you, but I mean, you were saying a lot of the same things too, even in your speech. And so I can't thank you enough for that. I really appreciate just how honest and raw you are. That That's what sold, you know, sold it for me and why I chose you as my favorite uh, MisfitCon oh, speaker. Well, thank so, you. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So now, one of the most important parts here is we're going to close up, but not right. before we let you pimp your stuff out first. So tell us what you're working on, CC, and how people can find your work. Yeah. So um, you can find me at cc-chapman.com. It's got links to everything I create, whether it's a podcast or photography. 
Um, what I'm working on right at the moment is a couple of things. I'm working on writing up, I just went to Turks and Caicos to speak at a conference, and so I do a lot of, I like doing a lot of travel writing, so I'm writing up that at the moment, and I'm also editing a video project for this company called GoRuck, who, um, they build better Americans, is what their tagline is. And oh, they wow. Sell, well, they sell gear, they sell rucksacks and stuff, but they also do physical challenges, but they're about much more than that, and they've become really good friends, and I spent a week down at their offices in Jacksonville filming them and putting together this kind of short, almost like a short about movie, you know, about GoRuck, and it's fun because I haven't done a film project in a while and I approach this as a film project and they've been really cool to work. To call them a client is weird, um, but they are. But they've become more friends and family for me, so it's a very personal project, so I'm working on editing that. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm in the process of going through my agent trying to get the book proposal for the next book done so that she can sell it for me. And, awesome. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it might be about? Uh, it's, it's, it's much, it's, it's, uh, definitely a follow-up to Amazing Things Will Happen, focusing on, um, more on how to live a life. I could, it could be called How to Live a Misfit Life. That's not what it's called, but it's definitely <laughs> that vein. Like, I'm really, 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 now that I know what Misfit Con is all about, I'm really hoping the book is out before, before the next one, because I really think it's something that, um, the Misfits will get, but I think it's something that more people, I, I want to tell people that they can live the life they want um, and that there's more to life. And the key part, too, is that there's more to life than a screen, you know? Technology's beautiful. The, we couldn't do this without technology. And I love technology for that, but you got to get the hell away from technology, too. And so that's that's kind of what the book is about as well as, you know, how to live that life that you're content and happy with. Um, so that that's what it's about. But, yeah, cc-chapman.com is where you can find everything and hire me and book me to speak and all that <laughs> other fun stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, CC. It was a pleasure to finally talk to you without choking in your ear. <laughs> but well, thank you for having me. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad you had fun. And uh, keep up your amazing work, seriously. Um, people like me, you know, us fellow misfits, we're paying attention. So you got to just keep showing up and keep doing it because you. we love modeling after that success. So that sounds mm -hmm. like I'm also going to see you next year, too, in Fargo again. So. I sure hope so, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And everybody, check out CC. He's awesome. That's cc-chapman.com. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Shut Up Show. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells. That's S-E-L-Z.com. Seriously simple selling. Get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook. The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in The Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes. Search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.